Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be encouraged in your journey and that your relationship with Father God will be strengthened and deepened. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. Morning, everyone. How are you doing? Awesome. Well, it's good to be here together. And uh, yeah, let's, let's pray to start things off. God, we, we love you. You're so good. And, and Father, we just ask that you would speak this morning. Thank you for just a, another day to enjoy your presence, to enjoy uh, relationships as we're going to be talking about today. And Father, I just ask that you would just be shining upon us this morning and, and speak right to the hearts of your children. Amen. Right on. We're in a series of, uh, like I mentioned, on relationships called uh, This Is Us. And uh, I have a, a this, is, this is us to show you, my, my family here. Um, that's us. Yeah. This is uh, me. This is Eliana I want to introduce. And actually, my, my sermon title today is This is Her. <laughs> I have like just, they're just going to go for, they're going to roll for half an hour and God's going to speak to us. At how beautiful his creation is. <laughs> like, come on, come on. Like, praise the Lord, amen. Let's go home. <laughs> but yeah, it's been good. Um, this is my first week back from, from Pat leave. Parenthood is, is, a, is a wild, wild thing. You have this little human, and all of a sudden you're like responsible to keep them alive. We went to the doctor one day. <laughs> And actually, the hospital, that's another story. And the doctor was saying, I don't know how you're keeping this little baby alive, but you're doing a good job. And I was like, I am, thank you. <laughs> I don't feel like I know what I'm doing, but I'm trying. And so, yeah, but mom and, and baby, you're doing really well. Eliana's doing well. Um, but honestly, when, when it comes to parenthood, the, the whole keeping your baby alive thing, it, you feel that responsibility. But I, I would say probably the biggest thing that... The biggest weight I have felt is that, that this, this little person is going to learn from me. And this little person is going to imitate me. This little person is going to see the way that I, I treat her, see the way I, I treat you know, her, her mom, see the way I treat others, and is going to learn. For, and hopefully that's a good thing, right? Hopefully that's a good thing. And hopefully what I'm doing in my life is I'm showing her what Christ looks like. And I think that's the biggest weight I feel in being a parent is, man, this person's going to imitate me. And you know, in, in parenthood, maybe that feels amplified, but really this is what's happening in all of our relationships, right? Hopefully people are seeing Christ in us. Hopefully people are learning what Christ looks like because we are looking like Jesus and we're being shaped by him in the way that we treat other people. This is what Paul said to the church in Corinth. He invited them to Im imitate me as I imitate Christ. And that's what we're all doing, right? You, even if you don't say that to someone, other people are learning from you. Those close to you are learning from you. If you're an uncle, if you're a brother, people are learning from you and they are imitating you. And again, that's, that's cool, but it's also a little, like, it's a little scary, like, is there going to be another Brenton? That's, that's maybe a little too much. But hopefully, actually, 
my daughter learns what, what Christ looks like through my actions. This is our goal as a Christian in our relationships. In Ephesians, it says this, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you're his dear children. So just like Eliana's hopefully learning from me what Christ looks like, we actually directly learn from who our dad is by our relationship with our heavenly father, right? And as a Christian, this is what we want to do. We're, we've been brought into the fold of, of being God's children, and now we want to learn um, to imitate our dad, Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. See, God didn't just, God didn't just say, hey, do this, do this, do this from, from above. He actually came down and he served. He, he showed us what that life of love looked like through Christ. He offered us, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So th- this is our goal in our relationships. It's to imitate Jesus to follow the example of Christ. In Philippians, it says this, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. In your relationships, this is the goal. And that's difficult, right? It's one thing to do that in, you know, your relationships with the people you get along with, but this is all your relationships, this is what, this is the attitude we want to have. It's the mindset of Christ. And as a Christian, that, that's the responsibility. That's kind of what we sign up for. You, you can't just say, I'm not really going to do that. No, this is what we're called to do. So let's look at the mindset of Christ this morning. And let's examine what, what does that mean to have the mindset of Christ. If we zoom out here in, in Philippians a little before uh, verse 5, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. That's really hard. Like, don't, don't build your own kingdom. Don't really think about your own gain. In humility, actually, other people should be more important. Not looking to your own interests, but each to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, here it is, have the same mindset of, as Christ Jesus. What's that mindset? Who being in the very nature God didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He was Lord, right? He was the King of kings. He was the the Lord of lords. And yet he, he didn't lord over people. He got low and he served. And that's, I think, is a beautiful picture of humility. John Piper says this, humility is the opposite of a sense of entitlement. Humility doesn't say, you know what I deserve? And you know what they deserve? They did this. They deserve this. Do you know what I deserve? That Humility doesn't talk like that. Humility serves. It gets low. He didn't use it to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. What an act of humility that God would, would come, be born in the manger be, be still fully God, but be, be a man. And not only that, he humbled himself by being obedient even to death on a cross. Then die the, the, the worst death possible. And so this is the mindset that we're called to adopt as a Christian. And, it, and I, I think it's a lifelong journey of, of really reworking the way that we think. You know, I, I, I can imagine... Just imagine for a sec when, when they were first realizing that the, well, the earth was round and actually the sun 
that's, that's revolving around the earth. It's, it's actually not like that. The earth is actually spinning and revolving around the sun. Imagine, like, realizing that for the first time. Like, it's so, it would be so disorienting, right? Like, we're spinning. Like, whoa, I'm, I'm getting a little dizzy here. It's such a perspective shift. And I, I think this is the perspective shift that we as believers need to constantly discover that the, that the, the earth doesn't revolve around me. And that actually my, my goal is, is to just worship and serve Jesus. We, I revolve around the sun, the S-O-N. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> but this, this is what we're called to discover. It's, it would have been a backwards way of thinking for the people of that day. And Christianity, in a sense, is almost backwards to thinking of our own selfish gain. It's an upside-down kingdom, as people have called it. it it's, it's reversed, and Jesus showed us this in the way that he lived his life. In fact, that his last, probably his last lesson to his disciples, you, you see this. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. He had the power. That he had come from God and was returning to God. He had all the power, all the authority, all the glory. And so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured a water basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. This was this, was this menial task. And actually, Peter, it, it, it upset Peter. Peter was saying, Jesus, no, this is not right. Like, you're the teacher. You should not be doing this. You should not be doing this low task. And Jesus was saying, no, this is humility. This is humility. It's knowing who you are in God and being secure in your identity in God. And then it's getting low and it's serving other people. And so Jesus says, you do this as well. Be a servant of all, it says in the Bible. All. Everyone. Right? It's one thing to serve my daughter. She's so cute. Come on. (laughs) But it's another thing to serve all. All. And, and, I, and I thought about it this week that Jesus washed the feet of Judas that day. He washed the feet of Judas. He knew what was coming. He knew that Judas was going to betray him, yet he, he, he literally got down low and he washed his feet. That's humility. You know, self, a selfish attitude would say, wash his feet? You know what? You know how he's going to treat me? He's going to throw me under the bus. I'm not going to wash his feet. I'm actually going to ask for some oil. Why don't you bring in some oil? We'll wash your feet, Judas, in some hot oil. That's what you deserve. But no, he showed what true humility was. He, he served all, even those that, that didn't love him back. He served. He thought about the interests of others. He, he uplifted others because he was secure in who he is. And then he served in that place. This is the mindset of Christ. And I, I want you... Just to imagine for a moment, we've talked about humility, serving others, not being entitled, putting others first. I want you to imagine having this mindset in your relationships, in all your relationships. And maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you have some strange relationships with other people, maybe in your workplace, maybe in your family, in your marriage. Imagine adopting this mindset of humility. 
Not, not for a moment saying, well, it's, it's the woman you gave me like Adam did, right? But no, saying, I'm going to have a mind, I'm going to have a heart of humility. I'm going to embody this. I really believe that there would be a change in our relationships. I do. And I'm not, I, I wouldn't say that it would fix everything and fix all of our relationships. Um, Ro- Romans 12 says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So that because relationships take two people, sometimes you can do everything you, in your power to make peace and it's not reciprocated. And that other person, time and time again, chooses, chooses to not have peace with you, chooses war. But, but I love what Romans says, as it depends on you, have you done everything? Is the peace or, or unrest in your relationships, is there anything that you could do to make peace in your relationships? If it depends on you, you should have peace. There should be nothing you, you uh, that's standing in the way of your relationships of peace um, that you can do in your control. So again, it, this is not saying all relationships will be mended because relationships take two people. But I really believe that if we embody this attitude of humility, there would be change in our relationships. This morning, I was, gonna, I was kind of gearing towards preaching on conflict resolution, and I, and I sort of am. But there's all these kind of cool, catchy formulas when it comes to conflict resolution. And they're fun. We'll look at them. Um, one of them is, is lead. Look how it spells lead. Wow, it's sweet. Listen. That's a good thing to do. If you have a conflict with someone else, why don't you listen? Empathize. Actually show love in how you're listening. Care about what they're going through. Recognize that they're a human dealing with things. Acknowledge. You know, acknowledge what they're going through is hard. Acknowledge maybe your own faults where, where you've gone wrong. And do something. Work, work towards a solution. Resolve. Reach Reach out. I think we're called to do this in our relationships, right? Reach out. Make the first step to bring peace. Why? Because Jesus made the first step with us, right? While we were sinners, he came and died for us. Engage in conversation. Seek to solve the problem. Open up. Listen intently. I would flip those two. Listen first. Open up. So rest love. Voice solutions. Is there... Is there can we come to an understanding here? And even if you don't, end, end on a note of love. You know, these things are great, and there's like a thousand of them. You know, I was looking up, which is the best one? But at the end of the day, they're limited. First of all, because I never remember the letters, right? <laughs> You're having conflict resolution with someone, L, L, lead, lead, okay, lead, lead. Uh, what's the L? I don't know, I'm just going to talk, right? What, I forget, listen. Um, so that's the first problem. I never actually remember what the letters say. The second problem is usually what's standing in the way is my own pride, my own selfish ambition, my arrogance. So I don't really care what these letters say. I don't want to listen when I'm in that place of selfishness. And if I'm not, then I do want to listen. I don't want to apologize if, I'm, if I don't have a heart of humility. And if I do, I'm probably going to make my way towards an apology. So at the heart of, of all of these things, and even if you look at the, the interpersonal conflicts in the Bible, Cain and Abel, there's, there's jealousy, there's envy, 
Abraham and Lot, there's envy. Jacob and Esau, deception, jealousy, betrayal, envy. Joseph and his brothers, the same thing. Saul and David, the same thing. David and Absalom, the same thing. If only Saul knew this acronym, LEAD, right? After he threw a spear at David, someone comes, someone comes up to, to Saul. Hey, buddy, notice you're a little mad here. <laughs> Let me teach you this acronym, and, and it's probably going to help you solve this conflict with David. First, I want you to listen. You know, I think that would be really good, and it would show David that you love and care for him. Next thing I want you to do is I want you to empathize. Just really care and show him love. And, and then you might, you know, you threw a spear at him, you might want to apologize and acknowledge that that was probably the wrong thing. At that point, Saul probably just throws the spear at you, right? <laughs> he didn't have this heart of humility. He didn't possess this mindset. And if he really would have, he probably would have done all of these things. He would have figured out a new letter system. He would have done that, but he was living in sin. Joseph, on the other hand, he didn't know these letters, but he did possess a heart of humility. Think about Joseph. He was sold into slavery, and, and years go by in jail. Years. And what are you left to think of? You're left to think of what happened, what your brothers did. One year goes by, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and he doesn't grow resentful towards his brothers. He continues to have this, this heart of, I would say, humility. And, and then he rises to the ranks in Egypt, and, and his brothers are before him, and he's got the power. He's got the authority to squash them like bugs. He really does. He, anything he would say would go to his brothers. He could put, hey, you put me in jail? <laughs> I'm going to put you back in jail. And he says, I'm, I, am I in the place of God? No. And he, and he forgives them, and he actually uses his authority to serve his brothers and, 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 and help them out. That, that ultimately, that, that heart and that mindset, if we possess that, I really believe it's going to create peace and order in our relationships. Look, look at James 3.13. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. So I believe that when, when we have this mindset of Christ, it's going to lead us to doing deeds in humility. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts. I think we all have those thoughts. I think we all struggle with those thoughts. But, it's, but if we possess them, if we harbor them, if we say, yeah, this is the attitude that I want to have, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom doesn't come down from heaven, but it's earthly and spiritual and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. You can have all the acronyms you want. If you have envy and selfish ambition, there's going to be disorder. In your marriages, in your friendships, in your relationships, you want to be on the same page. I believe it's ripping out your own page of what you think they deserve, and it's being on God's page together. That's the way to find order in your relationships. And then it says wisdom that comes down from heaven is, first of all, pure, 
It's peace-loving. Come on, God's wisdom wants to build a bridge. It wants reconciliation. It doesn't, it doesn't want tension and strife. It, it, it wants to forgive. It's considerate. It's submissive. It's not trying to lord over other people, but it's being humble. Full of mercy and good fruit. Impartial. It, it doesn't choose who it wants to be kind to. It's, it, it gives it to everyone. And sincere. This is powerful. Listen to this. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. If you commit to being a peacemaker in your relationships, you will reap a harvest of righteousness. Again, that doesn't mean all your relationships will be perfect and everything, there'll be rainbows everywhere. But it does mean that God's going to see it. It does mean God's going to value it. It does mean there's going to be a harvest of righteousness. I don't know exactly what that's going to mean. I think there will be fruit in the relationships around you. But I also believe that God is going to honor that. James 4 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Have you ever seen that in your relationships? You're fighting because really you're using earthly wisdom. You're thinking about yourself. Theoretically, if, if I had a, a fight, if I've had a fight with my wife, theoretically, I'm a pastor, okay, so let's just, I don't have fights with my wife. So, so theoretically, I'm perfect. But theoretically, there have been times where there have been, been quarrels, and, and theoretically, I've, okay, it, it does happen. <laughs> but I've seen this in my life. I've seen where I've prolonged a quarrel or started a quarrel because of my attitude. Because I have earthly wisdom and I need to get over myself and I need to humble myself enough to say I'm sorry, humble myself enough to put on love, humble myself enough to watch the words I use. I've seen that in me. I've seen it and I've seen the opposite of when I use heavenly wisdom how, again, you have discussions and you have disagreements but so much faster, it seems, that you come to a loving understanding and it builds your relationship stronger. I've seen that in my life. And so in our relationships, this is what we want to learn. We want to learn Christ. We want to learn what humility is and, and throw off what is not of Christ. In Ephesians 4, this is what it says. That, however, is not the life you learned when you heard about Christ and you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were, retaught, you were taught in regard to your former way of life, put off the old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. God wants to do a transformation in your mind. He wants you to adopt the mindset of Christ to the point that it shapes the way that you treat others. Put on the new self, create it to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. This is, this is what we want, to look like our dad. We want to look like our father. And so we need this mind renewal. We need to adopt the mindset of Christ. Look what it says in Colossians. But now it's time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you've stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. And, you've put, on, and put on your new nature to, and be renewed... This is amazing. As you learn to know your creator and become like him. 
How do you become new? How do you do this? It's not by just, you know, biting your lip and trying to be better. It's by getting to know who your dad is. It's getting close to your father. And as you're close to your father, you're going to learn. You're going to put on the new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator. That's going to happen. Commit to meeting with Jesus. Commit to walking with the Holy Spirit. Commit to saying, I need help, God. God, I need help. Help me to throw off the old. Help me to put on the new and walk with him in that. In this new life, it doesn't matter who you are, a Jew, a Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves in tender mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive one another who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all in perfect harmony. This is what a Christian does. This is what a believer does. It's, it's, it's a constant, a constant and daily putting off the old and putting on the new. Next week we have 36 being baptized. Like that's awesome. That's going to be a party. We're going to have popcorn. I think we should. I don't think we will, but it would be great. Can we have popcorn? I don't know where Brad is. I'll talk to him later. It'd be so cool. But in baptism, as you commit to leaving the old life behind and dying to your old life and being raised to new life, it says this in Galatians, so in Christ, all you are children of God through faith. All of you who were baptized in Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. You've made this commitment to wear Jesus' clothes, to change your fashion. And I want to ask you a question this morning. What, what, what does your fashion look like? What, what are you wearing every day? Not literally, right? In your relationships. Are you putting on love? And here's another hard thing to say. Does your fashion look different in different environments? When you're at your workplace, do you have more patience with people, but then you come home to your family and you don't? That can happen too, right? And, and do, I, I think for some of us, and, and it, we're almost ignorant too with what we're wearing. We're almost ignorant with, yeah, am I putting on, am I actually putting on Christ? I don't even know. I don't even know what my fashion looks like. Um, I used to have no fashion sense at all. Like, like zero. And some of you are saying, you still don't, buddy. Like, okay, I, I Sure. But I have a little bit now. Like, I used to think if something matched, like, I would wear plaid on top and then plaid on the bottom. Because that matches. It's plaid and plaid. How would that not match? It's the same. It doesn't make sense. So someone came up to me once and said, you can't wear that. And you're like, watch me. <laughs> so this was a struggle for, for Val in our relationships because I would wear... Like, I found some clothes in my uncle's basement that he didn't wear. Like, he had worn, like, 30 years ago. I'd wear them. They had big holes everywhere. And it, she slowly taught me, hey, this is what it looks like to kind of match. She slowly taught me, hey, maybe we can retire these clothes 
and you can start wearing these clothes, right? And as a believer, I think this is what we need the Holy Spirit to do in our life. The Holy Spirit wants to help us in saying, hey, this, this needs to go. This needs to go. And if you walk with him closely, if you closely walk with the Holy Spirit and ask him, Holy Spirit, help me and convict me. I want to dress like Christ. I want to look like Christ in my relationships. And I have blind spots. Can you help me to see that? If you commit to doing that and you commit to reading the word and reading the example of Christ, he will help you. Do you love that person when you're shopping that says you shouldn't, you shouldn't buy that, that, that doesn't look good on you? I love that person. I need that person because I buy anything. And then I get home and I was like, what was I thinking? I couldn't even see straight. The Holy Spirit wants to be that person. Hey, that doesn't look good on you. Hey, that, 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 you don't look like Christ right now. How about you throw that off and put on Christ? This is what he's committed to doing in your life. But this is our target as a believer, to look like Jesus. And it's a target that we're never going to hit. You're never going to say, okay, I've done it. I look like Christ. But in between, there's grace. But there also has to be repentance, I think, sometimes. As we're journeying with the Holy Spirit, as maybe we're, we're not treating others the way that we should, we need to repent towards God and, and sometimes repent towards other people. When we fail to put on the clothes of Christ. And so this is the, the calling that we all have as a Christian to adopt the mindset of Jesus and to adopt the wisdom of heaven, which doesn't look out for number one, it looks out for number one. It's looking to serve God. It's looking to be humble. And by serving God, it's getting low enough to serving others. Serving all. Serving all. At all times. Something that's been hard for me in the journey of parenthood is serving at two o'clock in the morning when there's poop on the wall. (laughs) I'm called to do that. I'm called to serve at two o'clock in the morning. And I'm also called to serve all. Sometimes I find it, oh, it's my daughter, so I can serve her. But what about the person that hurts you? What about the person that isn't choosing to have a, a humble attitude? And you're serving and you're serving and they're not showing the love back. This is where we need the help of the Holy Spirit to relentlessly put on Christ. Relentlessly humble ourselves and not be entitled and say, God, I deserve better and they deserve worse. No, 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 no. That's not the example of Jesus. Even though he was God, he got low and he served. He got low and he loved. And he washed each 12 of his disciples' feet with a loving and serving heart. I believe if we, if we really embody this, we're going to see the fruit of it in our relationships. I'll read the verse again. Peacemakers who sow peace reap a harvest of righteousness. You're gonna, there's going to be good fruit from you embodying this attitude of humility in your relationships. Doesn't mean they're all going to be perfect, but I know there's going to be good fruit. And you know the best thing of all? The, the best thing of all of doing this, of putting on the clothes of Christ. It's not just reaping the fruit of it in your relationships. The best thing is that your 
in your life are gonna be able to show what Christ looks like through your attitudes and actions and love. It doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that. I'm here to promote Christ. Amen? Amen. The world doesn't need more me, it needs more Jesus. It needs more Jesus. And it needs me to daily commit to putting on the clothes of Christ and acknowledging when I failed to do that. Amen? This is what I want in my daughter's life. I, I want to say to my daughter, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I want that to be a reality. And whether you're a parent or not, this is the mindset that we need to have in all of our relationships. That people would see our actions and see Christ through that. Let's stand and pray. Yeah, Jesus, we thank you so much for your example of love that you showed to us. God, the, the humility that you showed, the servanthood that you showed, we can never come even close to comprehending that you, in all your glory, in all your authority, came down to this low place born in a manger and you serve those that betrayed you. You love those that betrayed you. You forgave those and said they don't know what they're doing when they killed you. God, when I look at that and I look at my own life, <laughs> I need help. I need help, God. We need help. But God, you, you, you sent the helper, the Holy Spirit inside of us. And God, I pray that we would put more faith in your Holy Spirit's ability to transform us than our, flesh, our flesh's ability to keep doing wrong in our life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're inside of us. Thank you that we can learn Christ. Thank you that you give us the grace and power every day to choose to put off the old and put on the new. And just with every eye closed this morning, Again, I just believe there's some relationships where you need a change of clothes. Even if it doesn't change the situation, even if it doesn't change their mind, you still need a change of clothes. If that's you this morning, you say, I just want to commit to, to throwing off the old and putting on the new in, in this relationship. If you just want to raise your hand with every eye closed, it's really, you're doing it really for God as a sign that you want to do this. Yeah, thank you, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I, I pray for just a supernatural grace for these people that were bold enough to just admit, ah, oh, man, I need your help. I want to be clothed in Christ. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're committed to teaching them. You're committed to guiding them. And Father, I pray that we would be committed to learning this mindset of Christ in, our, in all of our relationships. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. 
If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.